Hey y'all, we are Back to the Basket, a weekly NBA podcast where we discuss and dissect the best league in the entire universe. I'm your host, Wahaj, and with me today, like every week, it's Kevin, a.k.a. Lil Kev. What's good? Hello, world. And it's Richard, a.k.a. Richie Rich. What's up? Sloan Conference Edition. So, we are a podcast where we discuss everything to do with the NBA. So, if you're a first-time listener, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. And we will give you some really hot topics from the last week. And we're going to discuss it in detail. So let's get it. What's on the docket this time? All right. So first up, we have our feature segment at the beginning, which is called Entry Pass, which is a uh, weekly recap of the highlights in terms of news, mostly contracts or injury updates. So as far as contracts go, we have a few interesting things uh, moving around or beginning to move around in the NBA. Um, Pau Gasol, a long-term veteran and locker room presence for the San Antonio Spurs, uh, recently reached a buyout agreement with this team. Uh, The Spurs thanked him for his uh, leadership and locker room presence, and Pau Gasol will be making his way to the Milwaukee Bucks, allegedly, and will be presumably facing off against his brother uh, Marc Gasol of the Toronto Raptors in days to come. Uh, Next up, we have Eric Bledsoe uh, of the Milwaukee Bucks, recently uh, re-upped with that team. I guess he does want to be there on a four-year, $70 million contract. This one is kind of interesting because we rarely hear about uh, re-ups this late in the game. Um, Do you guys have a little insight for our listeners on why this may have happened? Milwaukee has a lot of free agents coming up, so maybe they're just locking the guy down who's been a good, solid point guard for their team, and I feel like he's just as valuable as Chris Middleton. I don't think it's a hot take, even though he was the Mm all-star. But also, Bledsoe has been playing out of his mind when last year he kind of faltered in the playoffs. So we have to take into account what his liabilities are, but at the same time, he's been really good this year, so why not reward the guy now and lock him in before other teams have a chance to? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good move by John Horst of the Bucks um, because it, it kind of takes away from his... Um, he, he, he's not going to want to show out and, you know, be selfish now. He's not going to want to, you know, knowing he's in a contract year, he's, he's going to make team plays know, knowing that he's with this team for the next four years. He's, um, he's locked in. He's not going to want to, you know, at this point... Um, just show up the team and, and do it himself. You think there's any fear of complacency now that he's gotten paid and there's going to be a drop-off from now until April? Uh, I, I think where they currently are in the standings, um, their mentality, hopefully they, the mentality is about winning as a team as opposed to that. So like, I can understand the temptation for that, but I think the, the overall goal is so much more present. That's a valid point. Yeah. Also, Budenholzer has a good system and where you know Bledsoe thrives. Yeah, and I think I think what you're trying to say is you know now that he's got his money, is he going to chill? And you know he he's got a, a pretty good contract, but the day after he got his contract, he went and put up a triple double in a win. So you know clearly it's not affecting him. If anything, he's he's kind of excited that he's got this job security now. So he's he's really he's really uh, putting it together. Yeah, arguably he's on one of the best teams in the league. He's on the best team in the league, right? Yeah, so that's gotta that's gotta say something for his confidence that they're locking him in for the next four years. And Giannis is 
like smack dab in the middle of his prime. So yeah. it kind of makes him feel better that I'm, you know, they have faith in me running this this offense mm-hmm. with with Giannis as the the primary focal point. Yeah, Bledsoe said he feels like um, he's home in well, Milwaukee. That's, so that that's, that, that's big. That's good. Yeah, because he's been in uh, kind of unfortunate situations before where he just hasn't felt uh, you know at place with the with the organization, uh, namely the Suns. Yeah, it's but. It, it, Winning cures everything. Winning like, I don't buy the whole this is home thing because Phoenix is... I'm, I'm sorry, Milwaukee fans, but Phoenix is a better city in my opinion. So if you have a winning culture around you, obviously you're going to be like, I'm home, I'm winning. Why would I want to go anywhere else? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and it's it seems to be working for them as they uh, they have clinched a playoff spot already. Uh, and the, the last piece of entry pass news I have for us today is a, is a little bit of a... Uh, buyout waiver kind of thing with uh, Andrew Bogut finishing up his season in the Australian Basketball League and rumored to be going to two uh, teams in the playoff runnings, namely being uh, the Sixers, home of his uh, fellow countryman Ben Simmons, and his former team of the Golden State Warriors. MVP. MVP. Australian League MVP and Defensive Player of the Year, Andrew Bogut. And noted illegal screensetter. Yes. Very. So, I, so what, what's a better fit? Philly needs him more? Kind of. Uh, with Embiid being out with this questionable injury, yeah. he, he was out uh, initially. It was supposed to be one week. It's been two now, um, and it's getting questionable as to when he's really going to make a return. And, so. he, and you can see how that sort of lack of a body affects the lineups they, they tend to get. Yeah, how is his conditioning going to be when he comes back? Because he's, he's noted to not practice. He doesn't, you well, know, he's, he's, he's going to be out of rhythm. A, he's going, coming off of a playoff run in, albeit a, a lesser league, but still a competitive league. So it's not like... I'm, I'm talking oh. about Joel Embiid. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's uh, with him being out for, for this long, um, it's probably going to affect his conditioning and it, it will performance. In, it will in, in the sense that it will be like uh, 80%. I, I how my brain picture, pictures it, and of course I'm going to give him a, a better overall a ballpark than someone else would. But it, it's more like a he'd be at eighty percent game speed because he's one of those dudes who I I kind of think it's annoying when they're really really going hard in like pre in the pregame, and so that's how I kind of gauge if he'll be ready or not. But it'll still be it'll still be an adjustment period once they try to reintegrate him back. I think it's much more about. Being cautious with him moving forward because of yeah. his past. Yeah, I don't think it's about load management per se, but it's much more about even if he's healthy now, you just are more cautious bringing him back because of his history. Yeah. So Philly is not in a rush for anything. Their seating is kind of locked unless Indiana has a big drop off, which could be the case. But you know, if you think about it for that roster, you have three All Stars kind of if you consider Tobias Harris. Part of it, he's been playing like one lately. That's great. So when you have Butler, Simmons, and Tobias, you kind of have the luxury of being like, hey man, take it easy, come back whenever you can sort of thing, instead of rushing him back so quick. It's true. It's true. That's the term of the season, load management. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll get into that. Popovich (laughs) would never use that. (laughs) He's the inventor of it, really. Well, he'll say DMP old. Yeah, DMP (laughs) old coach decision. All right. Moving on to the second segment of the day. It's our favorite game, What's Weird, where we talk about weird and wacky stories from the last week, and they're going to pick their uh, selections for what's the weirdest story from the league, and they're going to go back and forth, and then I'm going to play mediator and pick the weirdest story of the week. 
So over to you, Richard. Yeah, I think the situation that I'm going to pick from it isn't it isn't particularly low stakes, but it is definitely one of the weirder things that I've come across. You know, teams do lots of things like Raptors. You know, they have their uh, you know sort of meet and greet parties. Some of them go on like group golfing trips, uh, especially after they get eliminated. Um, but this week there was the Portland Trailblazers did something a little bit stranger for team building. Uh, on their road trip to Boston, they were stuck in an elevator for a, an extended period of time. We stuck! Um, you know, about eight or nine of them, which is quite quite a lot of people, and they are quite large. Um, the fun, The thing that made it weird was Portland is a team that's notorious for being particularly active on social media. So you had guys like... Uh, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Evan Turner, Ms. Cantor just posting the fact that they were stuck in this elevator and joking about whether or not they would have to split granola bars. And then the the thing that, you know, sort of cherry on topped this situation was they, you know, got out of the elevator and stomped the Celtics. So I guess it was a an odd win-win for everyone. What about you, Kevin? What's your story? Yeah, I mean, uh, the city of Boston will do anything it takes to get a win, won't they? <laughs> I, I do have another um, another topic that we could talk about for what's weirder. I find this very weird, especially considering this team has the best player in the world on it. Oh. The Lakers and their implosion. I mean, what is going on with the Lakers? Um, that team was touted as potentially, you know, Western Conference Finals. Maybe, maybe LeBron could... Uh, could do some damage in the West this year. Right now, at this point, they may not even make the playoffs. They're 4.5 games back of the 8th seed, which is insane, right? I mean, uh, their, their last 4 or 5 games, uh, I mean, they're four, they've lost 4 of the last 5 games in this very tough stretch. And, um, I mean, their next few games coming up are, are even tougher. Uh, they have a homestand of 3 games where they have to face... The Clippers, who are a team that they directly have to pass to make the playoffs. Uh, The Nuggets, who are the second seed in the West. A very solid team. Uh, And then they got to face the Celtics, which, I mean, you know, anything could happen. But, and then after that, they got a five-game road stand. So it's, I mean, it's like, what is going to go on with this team? Are they going to make the playoffs? They, They lost to the Suns, where LeBron... Bricked two free throws in a crunch time at the end of the game. Um, I don't know. I, I just find the situation to be the weirdest thing. And maybe that's why everybody's talking about it. Because w- what's going on? The reason I don't think that Lakers situation is at all that weird is that if... You know, forgive me for for anyone listening if you are offended by this. But if you know anything about even the smallest bit of roster construction, you just look at this Lakers roster from the start and you go, this team is mortgaged, this team does not have shooting, and this team does not have the chemistry or leadership to make an extended run in the playoffs. You mean LeBron isn't the greatest leader in the world? I mean, I'm not going to outright say it. You can just play the clips of him shrugging on defense, and that that's my <laughs> Shots fired at Magic there, though. I appreciate that. That was a good one. I think the weirdest story is probably the Portland Trailblazers getting stuck in the elevator. And, Whoa. you know, 
Yeah, that's not taking away from the Lakers' implosion here because it's weird. It just isn't weird for this week particularly because this has been happening, as you said, roster construction since the offseason. So who's to blame here? Not really LeBron, but LeBron is to blame in the recent stretch of whatever. And you're saying that they're, what, they've lost four of the last five? They haven't had a tough stretch. They lost to the Grizzlies and the Suns. Like, <laughs> like is that really, like, on... Uh, on Magic, I think they should be able to win those games at least. They lost yesterday to a team that has won one game since January. The second. Yeah, the team's it's players are not even showing up to team appearances because the team is so crap. Yeah. So I think the Blazers being stuck in an elevator is kind of a funny, weird, quirky thing that happened in the give NBA. It to you. It's, and it's the very gr- Portland. The Gorilla Bars, Anis Cantor is there now, so anything weird happens when Cantor is there for sure. Uh, who also can't travel? Yeah, because he's <laughs> like, like rarely with them. So that the fact that he was in the elevator was a good sign that you know I think this is a team bonding exercise and teams should do this more. Get people <laughs> locked in an elevator and see like escape room. Yeah, establish <laughs> establish a peak corner or whatever. I don't know. It, it was funny though. I believe they had two granola bars yeah. and uh, Evan Turner ate one and gave the the other to to split between eight yeah. ways. And I would not fight Myers Leonard for. It also looked like he farted in the elevator. So there was a well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of guys on protein shakes in that one. That was very yeah. true. Actually, actually, I would not. Especially Enos. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Enos. <laughs> Enos is taking those Turkish, yeah, <laughs> Turkish no. delights. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, God, garlic sauce. That's all I say. That's a weird story for me, for all sure. All right. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Okay, so we're going to try out our new segment. This is courtesy uh, from the brilliant brain of my pal Wahaj. It's called Do Rant or Don't Rant. Uh, based off of our our favorite irritable hooper, uh, we're gonna you know propose a debate topic or not a debate topic a rant topic, and uh, one of us will you know just go at it and then we'll tell them whether or not they should you know get over it or move on. Oh, well, grow up or yeah. s- stay childish. There you go. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's Kevin Durant's uh, thing this season to tell reporters to. You know, go somewhere. So, my topic for this week, my rant for this week, is the whole, like, rookie of the year debate. And I feel like people are getting too caught up in it. Trey, Doncic, who is it? This is a stacked rookie class. And I don't think it should be... It's fair to do that comparison each game. Because, I mean, if you look at the numbers for the last quarter, maybe 20 20 games, they've very much equal in what they're producing on the floor. Like, Doncic is at 23-8. and And so it's Trey. But Trey's been having these crazy assist games. I think it's not fair to tout them against each other like this because when you look back at it five years from now, I think both of these players are going to be really important for their franchise. I really hope Doncic and Trey continue to grow. But also at the same time, there's a lot of rookies from this class who are performing like outperforming their expectations, including Shea Gilgis, Landry Shamit. You can say Marvin Bagley was on a tear before he tore something so it's Aiton's been really good too who was the number overall very sneaky rookie of the year candidate I mean he's not gonna win to me, but he was if they if they gave him the ball in the fourth quarter maybe, maybe so yeah. my beef with this whole thing is that every game some somebody goes off they're like well maybe he's better than than Luca or maybe Luca's better than Trey because they're that good to have these games where they're gonna go off recently Trey had a 45 point game in a quadruple overtime, let me just mention that. That plays into the statistic a little bit. Forty nine and ten. He's one point away from uh 
Those are a 50-point game. So James, can, we just, numbers. can we just agree that they're both really special and not go into this debate? Just enjoy the games because I feel like we're not going to see this kind of a rookie class. Maybe next year it's Zion and R.J. Barrett. Maybe that's a one and two. But, but That's just the one and two show, I think, what you're saying. But this is a closer race now than it was. I just hate it whenever I go on NBA Twitter. It's always a constant debate where... One writer is saying the statistics are better for, for Trey. The other writing is saying Luka is not that good and he's overhyped, which I don't think is the case. But also, when you look back at this trade, people are going to judge everything based on that. And I don't think that's fair either because there's a pick that needs to be translated now. Exactly. There's a lottery so, pick. I don't know what happens moving forward, but I can see these guys being top 20 players in the league easily in the next three or four years, even if they already aren't, kind of. Yeah, no, they're very solid. I can't believe this rookie class is so good. The last two years have been very solid rookie rookie classes. That's true. So that's the end of my Durant. Yeah, I think you should stay childish. I'm about that. You know uh, what? You should grow up. Really? Just, just partake in uh, in, <laughs> in all this in all this beef, man. Get in, get in on this Twitter beef, man. What the hell? So what do you guys think? Trey versus Luca. Dallas got fleeced. I, I, I think it's. I think it plays into. You know, it's that it's that continuation, right? We're we're moving into March Madness. People are gonna like fawn over their prospects, and then and then once they're in the league, they want to see if their prospect goes over well, and then if that pick doesn't pan out, they're just gonna like get impatient and trade them away. You know what? Like it happens. Imagine the that pick of the turns league. into the it's very solid player. Then you never know. Um, so this this pick is top five protected in the next two years. I, I don't know if, if the Mavericks are going to make it or they're going to be that bad to retain it. At the same time, I feel like that the Mavericks made a move considering like what the information they had. This guy was a EuroLeague MVP. He had just won a title in the second best league in the world. You know, you had to you had to take a chance on him, a generational talent. No, for but sure. that's that's not taken away from all the weaknesses that, that Trey had in, in at Oklahoma where people said that, you know, he can only pass or he can only shoot deep threes he's not consistent but people always judge these kids in a bubble and don't realize like these things will translate over unless you're being quadruple team which doesn't happen in the NBA a lot so when you're playing somebody like Trey he's always going to make plays that are for the rest of his team as well not just individually even though he can pull up from anywhere mm-hmm. as we see he yeah. can also pass the ball which is so valuable in this league yeah I really yeah. like that about both of both of those guys how they make players around them better so maybe maybe this is one of those years where you could consider a co-rookie MVP, and it hasn't happened since Jason Kidd and Grant Hill, I believe, in '95. Yep. So That's maybe a rarefied company. Yeah. Maybe maybe it didn't happen last year with Ben and, and, and Donovan. So it's not going to happen this year with Ben and Luca. Well, we'd have, we'd have to look at the votes because it, it clearly showed who won that. So just to, <laughs> my radar going off. But you know, I, I was also upset when people kept saying that Travis uh, should be fired for this if this doesn't work out in the next couple of years, which I don't think was a bad move from the Hawks' perspective either. Because if you look at it, they have some really good talent moving forward. They were putting together some really impressive games lately. Yeah, wait and, until they get a guy like like Cam Reddish or you know John Morant potentially with the, with this pick. You never know. Maybe a free agent could look at the Hawks and, and say they're building something over there. Maybe I can hop on over, and this could be a French playoff team in the next couple of years. They're they they're, got, they're exciting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. very exciting. John Collins, Herder is not bad. Yeah. I um, mean, if there's no. Like replica air, airplane in front of that rim, he's gonna rock it. You know, 
So. Destroy that replica plane. Yeah. Completely demolish it. He, he That's po- the only he way. Poster to... the replica plane. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> That's the only way to stop John Collins. <laughs> but form a fucking plane. <laughs> hey, what's uh, what's the weirder prop, Blake with the car or John Collins with the plane? I mean, Blake at least went over the car. No, he did not. He went over the hood of the car. <laughs> the, Come the, on, man. The, car, the car's weirder. The car's weirder because the tinfoil hat tells you why he won that car. Kia, Kia, Kia? Yeah. you know, just, you know, Demar, Demar got snubbed on that. <laughs> All right, okay. boys. No, that was a great rant, and I think your points are completely valid. But I think that is. Uh... All the time we have for today, and that's it for this week's edition of Back to the Basket. Feel free to uh, engage with us wherever you engage in social media. We love mailbag mic questions, and you'll find all of our info in the show notes. And feel free to find us wherever you get your favorite pods, where uh, whether it be uh, iTunes, uh, Google Pods, or Spotify. Please get us that blue check mark. All right. Remember, we may have our backs to the basket, but we'll never turn our backs on our fans. Bye. Goodbye.